Hello, my name is Jeremy Allen Gould, and this is the Who's to Say podcast. Being a lifelong music and art fan, I was lucky enough to book a lot of bands back in the day and have been even more lucky to stay in contact with many of them. I grew up all over, and my love for music and art only intensified the older I got. This podcast are conversations with many artists in many different capacities. Thanks for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy what you hear. With that said, who's to say? Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the Who's to Say podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Allen Gould, and today we will speak with my good friend, Jake Brown. Jake is known from the bands 238, Moments in Grace, Frodus, In Mas, Computer Club Records, as well as various other bands, including his new venture, Izya. I've known Jake for a while, and it's so awesome he would take the time to be my first guest. We got to catch up about music, touring, life, and various other things. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Thank you for taking time to listen to the beginning of this journey. So Jake, who's to say? Jake Brown. What's up? What's up, dude? Hey, Mary. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing what are you great. Doing? Good to see you. Yes, absolutely, man. I know we live very close um, and we probably should see each other more than we do. But um, yeah, how are you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Just, uh, you know, just spending lots of time with the family and uh, working a lot and and uh, starting to play music again and kind of getting used to that post uh, pandemic experience that is doesn't quite feel real. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's awesome, man. How are your kids and fam? Everyone's doing good. Everyone's doing good. We're just... Uh, you know, enjoying St. Augustine and, and um, we have a really cool neighborhood. It's like a, it's very much a, a throwback to the seventies. All the houses are, were the, in the front part of our neighborhood where we live are, you know, we're built in the seventies and it's got that vibe to it. You know, it's like the kids are outdoors all the time. There's always lots of kids out playing and like, it's just really cool. It, it throws me back to, you know, I mean, I wasn't alive in the seventies, but, but there's me back to the eighties. So, Dude, that's awesome. I know yeah. that area pretty well. I, for work and it's beautiful down there. I love St. Augustine in general. I've lived everywhere around here. And like, this is, I mean, I think it's just because it, it, you know, I have kids now. It is the perfect time to live in a neighborhood like this. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think my wife and I talked about um, if we ever retired, we definitely would want to be in St. Augustine or near it or something. Cause right now it's our date spot, but I don't ever want to like ruin the date spot, if that makes sense. So <laughs> it might be better that way. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's kind of one of those things. Well, maybe live in between Jacksonville and saying, I don't know, something, but I just, yeah, it's such a, it's a banger place. I love that spot. So it is. And, and apparently the whole world has realized that now because yes. like, you know, I work at a hotel and all of the people I've talked to over the past couple of weeks, or I mean, really for the past several months are moving here from New York or Los Angeles yeah. or, you know, Chicago, yeah. like they're all coming here. So it's, uh, yeah, man, really crazy. It's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Jacksonville is the same way. It's, it's nuts right now, which is good. I mean, the economy is going good, which is good. And 
yeah, it's awesome. I mean, we live in a great state and, you know, we can we go to the beach when we want, all that jazz. So <laughs> I don't go enough, but. <laughs> Same. Uh, As you can tell by the pasty. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? I, my wife, I always, I tell my wife when we first started dating, I said, I tan well. And the more and more I, you know, go out in the sun, I, I, I actually bought a long sleeve swim shirt. Now I'm that guy that's got the hood up and at the beach and I, I know I tan well, but it, that's, it just wears me out. So yeah, I, I still hold, I, that's what I say too. And nobody believes me anymore. But, and I, I think it's because I had like a 15 year lapse of not going in the sun. So now my body's like, you know, yeah, never no. tan again. it's getting old, man, getting old. <laughs> awesome, dude. Cool. Well, um, I just wanted to go back a little bit, um, back to little Jake Brown and, uh, tell me kind of what got you involved on this journey that you're on. Well, uh, let's see, I guess, um, I mean, in a weird way, I think that, when I was young, I, I got really into pro wrestling, which uh, to me still has very, like it ties into the music somehow. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I think just because of all the like, you know, it's like so similar in the way that you've got this like, you know, this like, like these colors and this like entrance and this whole presentation. It's like kind of the same vibe of like Absolutely. Band, buying records and getting into bands and stuff like that. So um so yeah I mean I guess uh you know pro wrestling was I loved all the entrance music um back then like for the rockers and the ultimate warrior oh my god yeah big boss man (laughs) Hulk Hogan dude Hogan I mean you cannot mess with that I know that is like that Andre slam changed my world (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so I mean I loved that and then um you know, around the time I was in middle school, I uh, I picked up Tears for Fears Elemental on cassette, and oh, I picked it up on cassette because I was I started listening to the radio because my older sister was a, a DJ, so um, that got me interested in listening to the radio, and I would call in and make requests and kind of like started picking what I liked, but I immediately gravitated towards Tears for Fears Break It Down Again. That was what was on the radio at the time. Oh, such a good song. Yeah, so good, and it's such an such a unknown song from them. I mean, generally, just compared to all their 80s songs that were so huge, that are still so huge, that one's kind of like a little bit overlooked. Um, And, uh, but anyways, yeah, I was obsessed with it right from from the moment I heard it. So I bought that cassette, remember buying that and the, um, uh, what was the other one? Um, uh, Genesis, We Can't Dance. Oh my God, I love that record. So good. I mean, that, that's, I still go back to that record. It's such a, I feel like it's funny coming into both of those bands in the nineties because the longtime fans of those bands, I know now as a record nerd now, they're like the longtime fans of those bands, like that, those are the era that they like stopped listening to them. Oh yeah. It's like, oh, Oh, don't like, you know, when Phil Collins is like wearing jeans on MTV and you know, that whole thing, it was like, oh, you know, they're no longer prog rock, but like, it doesn't those records are so good i mean oh, elementals still my all-time favorite album and we can't dance i'll stand behind it i know that single is i love like, that song it is what it is the whole record's fantastic it's so good that's it's such so a good. vivid memory for me when mtv was playing all those songs and the videos and i i was coming of age at that time too and i was just like you know i grew up on amy grant and michael w smith and all that stuff and and then it's like oh 
Phil Collins. Okay. And yeah. you know, I always, my wife and I, you know, we talk about how like tears for fears, like they wrote those records when they were, you know, at that point they were a little older, but it's like, they were geniuses, complete geniuses. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Went from there. Awesome. So after that, what, um, did you, didn't make you want to start playing or did it make you want to do I, shows or I would like my my best friend Tyler and I we would like rock out in my room you know we'd put on like the crow soundtrack or you know some <laughs> helmet and like you know I had like a toy guitar you know we we pretend we were like a band and oh yeah know, that was like we would do that all the time I have I honestly I still have those those tapes somewhere that's <laughs> amazing our probably I, I don't think I could watch that but <laughs> that's awesome yeah my buddy yeah, um, you what I said my buddies and I we used to go out with the rakes when we, his, his, my friend Andy's mom would be like go rake the lawn or go rake the driveway and we'd, be, we'd just be playing acting like we're playing guitars and we'd have band names and everything and it was so ridiculous so <laughs> I know but it, it rules but it's like man we just I couldn't play anything he couldn't play anything actually he could play some things but Man, I guess that's just a time that, you know, the way it was. I still still remember my first fake band, like before I could play an instrument, my friends and I, our fake band was called Wasteland Petrified Splinters. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Ours was like something goofy, like, I don't even remember what it was. It was like, it was something script, like something in a scripture. It was like, it had to be something Christian or something to that nature. And it was something, some weird, like, you know odd scripture but anyway yeah that's awesome that's really really cool so uh what brought you um you know to your bands 238 and moments and grace and all that yeah so i mean before i ever like started playing an instrument i was playing sports i was playing basketball and it was like it was okay but i just you know there was a lot of bullying going on and i i had trouble fitting in there you know like i could play but i just wasn't like personality wise fitting in and then the moment I and I didn't want to try guitar at first but because I had so many friends that had been playing for so long I was like 16 when I started playing and I thought oh all my friends already have lessons like I shouldn't even bother but Tyler and I just ended up giving it a shot anyways like we kind of taught each other how to play and so Tyler and I started our started our for real first band together which was called Driven it was like Christian band name you know (laughs) um uh, but we we got inspired. We got really inspired uh, growing up in Northwest Florida. The um, the music scene was really great. Two Thirty Eight had just started playing shows. They were just like pretty much just like a pop punk band at that point. And they I I went to go see them play at a local um, or in Fort Walton Beach at a Christian radio station called Psalms Radio. And it was them and Gilia and a band called NPD. And it was just like the most fun night of my life. You know, it was awesome. like, that was like the game changer night for me of, of like, oh, this is a thing. Like you, you go to this place and everyone, the band is like on the floor with you and everyone's huddled around them and everyone's having a blast. And like, you know, just, it was like, oh, okay. Like this is a whole world out there that I didn't even know existed, you know? Yeah. And, and it was really so good in Northwest Florida for so long too. So it was- That's really, awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. What uh, what what's the first concert you ever saw? First concert was, oh man, uh, it was uh, 
Dakota Motor Company. Yes. Opening for Petra. Dude, that's at a banger. At the Bayfront, that's... Pensacola Bayfront Auditorium. Is that the big arena there? I it's 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 on the bay in Pensacola, um, and I don't I don't think it's still there. I think they okay. might have closed it, but I saw a lot of shows. I also saw MXPX and Stavesaker there, and I saw the Foo Fighters there on the Color and the Shape tour. Dude, um, I saw a lot of good shows there. It was a cool that's venue. incredible. Yeah, that's sweet, dude. Um, I know you mentioned uh, Tears for Fears and Genesis, but um, what other what other bands um, at that time? shaped you i mean i i do there's like certain things that stick out to me like uh, my friend tyler and peter were always showing me new bands and um uh circle of dust was a big one with oh, peter yeah. and i like we were really in the circle of dust and you know um and then clank when when clank you know that clank record came out still suffering it was so good Dude, we so were able good. to see him he played with 238 and um it was clank and spyglass blue who i also loved dude and 238 and bathtub mary oh i remember them i never got into them but I remember. yeah I, I think they were the one they're like the one band on the show that i was like oh i don't know about this <laughs> <laughs> i always thought I it was to, i don't remember what they sound like yeah i i mean yeah i'd yeah, I wonder if it's on Spotify. I'm just curious. It might be. Have, now we have to go look. Who's to say? I mean, like, really? <laughs> um, I always thought it was so cool. Uh, you know, like uh, when Clank signed his contract with Tooth and Nail, and, and he had he cut he cut himself and signed it in blood. I always yeah, thought man. that was the most badass move ever. Ever at that time, it was so badass. And I mean, <laughs> it was just I love that all the like tooth and nail records lore that there was was oh, so yeah. much fun to to follow and I love now that in the Facebook groups you know you like see everyone still kind of bringing that stuff up and there's oh, stuff yeah. that pops up in those that I forgot you know oh but yeah like yeah all this it was just such a they built such a cool roster of artists and a diverse roster of artists um so yeah there was just always some interesting stuff going oh on. absolutely that's so cool um what uh, I know you mentioned some of the shows you saw, but is there any formative shows over the years and records and all that stuff over the years that you can point back to, and, you know, maybe it puts you in a different direction or you're like, oh, whoa, like, where's this, go? you know, like, you know, you said Genesis and, and uh, Tears for Fears, which are kind of in the same ballpark somewhat, you know, what's, what, what are some other records or shows that you were like, dang, what the heck? Yeah. I mean, I can think of there, there, you know, there's just, just those sh shows you go to where that are completely change your trajectory, you yep. know, or like, yep. or just like take you somewhere you didn't expect to go and you just can't get out of your head, you know? And, and I mean, there, I can think of several shows like that, but um, I remember seeing the locust with the flying Lutenbachers. That wow. was like, that was a really important show. I still think about that show. And I've like, gone back and looked up flying Lutenbacher's footage from that era it was a really interesting era of that band they're a very weird band and yeah they had Jonathan Hishke on bass at the time who's like gone on to play with Beck and a bunch of amazing bands that's awesome um, but they were like so next level bizarre and um I think it's always the it's like the, always like shows that like kind of scare me or freak me out that I like the most yeah. so so oh, yeah. like Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum are a band that I, I don't know if you've ever heard them. I've heard, I've heard the name. 
they are just they put on the best show I've ever seen it was just such a weird dark show such a weird band um unpredictable you know and, and um and super theatrical so that's awesome um, yeah that ties I've, back I've into the wrestling to that like really like cool performance um I remember at Cornerstone I went to Cornerstone uh what would that have been 99 that was the first time I went to Cornerstone and um the goth night at Cornerstone goth tent blew my mind wedding party oh my bro that band ruled they were so good like the show I remember just feeling like my life has changed watching this show that's amazing it was so cool and you're going to heaven what and you're going to heaven yeah I mean, it's the best of both worlds. Hopeful goth. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. That's so cool. My, I had an old roommate, uh, Griffin, who was a total goth guy. Uh, he'd be the guy that walks out with like a fake dead crow or a crow on his shoulder. And he, he, he was super into that. He's so awesome. He's such a great guy. Um, and he would, um, you know, he would be the goth metal guy and I was kind of on the fence you know I like metal and emo and hardcore and all that stuff and somehow we you know we you know there he would be talking about the wedding party all the time and he'd talk about save your machine and all that stuff and so I always knew that stuff and I never got into it but I think if I saw it I probably might have changed my mind who knows you know what if if I really look back like the the stuff that I, I didn't listen to a lot of goth and industrial records like I mean, I, I did, but I didn't listen to them heavily. Like I liked them, but I just really loved seeing them live. Yeah. The records I really listened to a lot were like a lot of emo records, you know, like Mineral, yeah. Power of yeah. Failing, Sunny Day Real Estate. Diary, Absolutely. You know, like that karate, uh, Bed is in the Ocean. Yep. Um, Roadside Monument, you know, that kind of stuff. That's really, I was heavily listening to that stuff. So yeah. to me, and my, my, my musical brain is like a combination of those two things. It's like the, the, the goth industrial thing. And then the emo thing. You know, I love like that. that That's so awesome. Yeah. I, um, I just, I, th- I think back fondly on those times of my, you know, when I discovered that some of that stuff too, and it was just like, you know, it'd be like moments in your car, you're just screaming your heart out to these songs. And you're like, you know, now, you know, you get old, older and you're like, man, I was, you know, I was young and dumb, but it was like, I, I can vividly remember moments of, of, you know, just connecting to a song or, or a band and, and. Oh yeah. Big you time. Know. I remember my first breakup. I, I, I was either 16 or 17 and I was like listening to mineral power, power of failing um, the song. Uh, six song number six um if i could oh my oh. gosh i would like listen to that bro like cry. oh my gosh mineral so, is so good so and their new good. their new stuff is ridiculous i was listening to that i remember exactly what i was listening to that and stabbing westward darkest days Dude. Those are the two albums I was listening to like crazy then dude stabbing westward i saw them with tripping daisy in jacksonville dude That's it was incredible like, I remember going, I went with Craig uh, Cheney from Evergreen Terrace, and we were just like, let's go, we love, we both love Stabbing Westward, so we went and saw him, and it was awesome, because, like, Tripping Daisy was playing, and they were like, does anyone like weed? And everyone's like, yeah, and they were like, give us weed, and then we're in Orange Park, of course, in this very conservative suburb of Jacksonville, and hundreds of bags of weed, and I remember being like, 
at seeing the police at the door and I was like, what are you going to do about this? What are you guys going to do about this? <laughs> but that said, that show was inc- insane. It was like, in, like, it was incredible. You know, I was probably 19, 20, something like that. And, yeah. you know, that was, you know, such a formidable show for me. I, I'll never forget it. It was just one of those. You know, what's funny is like, I, I mean, I love so much of that, that music in that era. And like, it was so cool to like when you say Tripping Daisy, I like immediately think of a specific one of their songs. I can't remember what it's called, but it was on the CMJ sampler because CMJ, I would find a lot a girl, of girl. Is it a, a girl? I got a girl or. A... Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And like I, fa- I found so many bands through that through CMJ, like the CMJ samplers. They have those yep. CDs. I love those. I still have all of my samplers from that. And they, I mean, I go back and it's like Shudder to Think, Killing Joke you know, uh, uh, Tripping Daisy, like so many amazing bands were on those, but it, it was, it was cool then though, because you did, there was such a mystery around those bands. Like I yep. can't, I can't even picture what Tripping Daisy would look like, but now you would know what a band looks like. It'd be so easy. Oh, yeah. You follow oh, them on social media, you see everything, but then it was like the mystery added something. To oh, it. absolutely. Yeah. And, and those CMJ magazines, it's like you'd pay six bucks for it, but you got a, you know, a sampler, and it was a dope magazine anyway, but it was just like, you get a bonus, you know? That's awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah, it was great. Those were so awesome. That's cool, dude. Um, so take me back to some 238 moments and some moments on Grace moments, um, you know, touring wise. How, how was that? I mean, I couldn't have been easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was 18 when I, when 238 toured, um, when we wrote regulate the chemicals and then toured on it so yeah I was like a kid you know I, I kind of didn't really know what I was doing but I was super psyched and I mean they were you know as a as a local in the panhandle they were my favorite band so yeah. being able to join the band was like a dream come true at the time and I mean I still think Chris Staples is like you know just such an interesting person to this day yeah. like I when I talk to him I'm still so I still find him to be so intriguing. Like he's very he's incredible. He's got such a unique perspective on life. Yeah. And it, and so it's always very interesting to talk to him. But um, um, it was awesome. You know, it was, it was uh it was a super exciting time. And I remember, you know, just all the different pockets of friends that I made yeah. all around the country on that tour, I still keep in touch with. I mean, the Empsols from Arkansas, you know, the last great liar in Seattle. I mean, so many people, so many of my current friends I made on that tour. Um, I got, got really close to the Further Seems Forever guys. All the Take Hold Records bands yeah. were super tight. So, like, it was great to play shows with them all around. And we did half of the tour was with Stairwell. So, like, that's awesome. Became really good buds with them. Um, it was just a really neat, a really neat time. Like, we, there was, like, we had like a point on the tour that that we did get into like a, a fight you know what I mean like you like you're young you're on tour you get in some difficult situations yeah. and things get get tense but it's so funny to look back at it now you know it's like you know as an adult it would be no big deal like nothing that we encountered would be a big deal but when you're that young and you're so oh, yeah. emotional and passionate everything. it's like it's, it's everything, everything. Is so serious and you know so life-altering so um so, you know, it, it was like, I, I, I wish I would have stayed in the band a little bit longer, but I also, you know, you can't change the past and yeah. things still played out really cool after that. But I, 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 it was awesome playing with 238. And then uh, 
all the moments in grace tours were fun too i mean God, we got to tour with so many uh, bands that i love planes mistaken for stars that's awesome um hot water music uh um, Avenged Sevenfold and My Chemical Romance yeah. and um, uh, Decahedron, Statistics, so many awesome bands. Engine Down. Yeah. Um, I could just list so many because we had so many awesome opportunities. And yeah, I mean, I, I still, I'm, I'm such an old codger now because I, yeah. I realized the other day that that was like, what, uh, like 18 years ago. So when That's I talk nice. about it still, I can still talk about it like it was yeah. yesterday. Yeah, but it's been a bit. <laughs> were, were those shows big at all, or or were they just small? Or yeah, some of those were huge because the well, the biggest show I think I ever played was probably with two thirty eight at Cornerstone. Oh yeah, two thousand. I think but, I was at that. Were you? Yes, I was. I went no two thousand. Yeah, I went to Furnace Fest that year, and I went to Cornerstone that year. So I probably saw you both times. Crazy. Yeah, that was a really good year. I yeah, mean, I remember Hope's Fall played yep. before us. I think. And yeah tore the house down oh absolutely it was a crazy energy and it, yeah it was so much fun like that era of take hold record was so oh cool. i know chad was a, he was ahead of the curve man yeah that's awesome i've actually never got to meet him i hopefully i'll get to maybe yeah uh, it's really yeah i know i know I, I will i'm sure at furnace i will i'm really looking forward to that so yeah you know it should be a really cool opportunity to meet some cool people and catch up with some others too the, the moments tours were like were pretty well attended not because of us at all but because <laughs> we just were fortunate enough to get booked on some great tours so i mean like we did a sold out tour with thrice all all over dude that's nuts States. it was thrice and poison the well and darkest Whoa. hour what a show like, yeah it was so great i love them i love darkest hour like dude yeah, i just love seeing all three of those bands every night they were great that's awesome do you uh do you keep up with any of the older bands? I know you said some of them, but like you know, Thrice or My Chemical or any of those, or like any of the bigger I, bands. I did keep in touch with Thrice for a while, but I haven't talked to them in years. Um, I'm trying to think, um, I still I still talk to uh, Denver Daly from Statistics every once in a while. He's like, he's also plays in Desperados. Oh, and, nice. And he played in. Uh, Played with Harmar Superstar for a while. Oh, I love Har Harmar rules. Harmar is amazing. I know. Um, and uh, um, and he had a really great solo record called Intramural, where he had Greg Dooley from Afghan Wigs sing on a track. Oh, nice! I have to check that out. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's super. Cool. It's hard to find. It, I don't think it's on any of the streaming services, but it, I recommend digging it up because it's worth it. Um, yeah, there there is definitely people I keep in touch with from then, but not that not any of my Chemical Romance guys. Um, I like them a lot though. They were nice dudes. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the older I get, I kind of like appreciate them more than at the time when they were coming out. And I was like, this band sucks. But now I'm like <laughs> kind of good. You know, I like think that they they when we toured with them, they were going through a rough patch, I think personally. And but they had just finished recording the Three Cheers album. So um I just remember them kind of like having some struggles here and there but being like just like as dudes we were like these guys are amazing like we love them you know they're super great guys to hang out with and shoot the shit with and be on the road with and I just remember being in Portland and Mikey the bass player put the uh the album on headphones for me to check out and I was just like man like you guys are gonna be huge because this awesome. record is amazing I mean it was like from the moment 
the track started, I was like, dang, like these guys are going to be massive. And yeah, that came true. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to, you know, look back on, you know, I, I, I think I got the under oath, um, chasing safety like six months in advance. And I was like, this is, band's going to be massive. Like, and I'm still thinking, well, they're a Christian band. So maybe not, I don't know who knows, but I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, what a, an incredible record. And you know, it's like those things that you hear, you're like, you think in your mind, this could happen. I mean, realistically could happen, but it's like, you know, at that time, emo, hardcore, whatever you want to call it was not really that big. And then all of a sudden, boom, this yeah. change the trajectory of music in general, you know, a lot of, a lot of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool doing do, moments in grace introduced me to a lot of the, like, I probably would have fallen off on a lot of the emo stuff at that time. Had it not been for moments in grace, because like, I don't know if I would have checked out thrice or my chemical romance or Avenged sevenfold. I mean, I know I wouldn't have, but, yeah. but like, but, but like I gained such an appreciation for all three of those bands, you know, seeing them every night, like Avenged sevenfold is one that I would never have listened to. I, I really don't think yeah. it would have been my taste. And I have so much respect for them. Like they, that's awesome. Work so hard at what they do and they deserve it. You know, they, yeah, they put so much into it. So it's like, it, that's, that's one of the fun parts about going on tour is like, you can kind of like, really gain an appreciation for something that might you might not have exactly you know yeah, absolutely alexis on fire is one band that like i didn't know anything about and i kind of go back to them and think like what a good band and now yeah. they just put out a, a record that our uh, tim our drummer sent me and said you got to check this out like they're doing amazing stuff now like like in 2022 so that's awesome that's really cool i'll have to check yeah. that out i i saw them at a festival one time and i wasn't i felt like i i was a little older than their crowd and i was just like meh but now i get it i understand it i just they are they're fascinating though because they are celebrities in canada yeah like, that's what i saw them in canada the, 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 they were on the hot water planes mistaken for stars tour what a and most of that tour is u.s and it was like mostly smaller shows you know and, and especially for them like they nobody knew who they were and i mean they might have like five, 10 fans in the crowd or something. But then we played in Canada with them and it was like, Massive. you know, like 3000 people all there for them, you know? That's and yeah, it was so cool. And they're, they're like the best guys and they love tears for fears too. So they were like, that's awesome. In my book. <laughs> Dope dude. So I know after moments you played with many bands throughout, you know, in Moss and uh, you just started computer club records, all that stuff. What, you know, what, do you feel, do you still play? I know obviously you don't play with them now, but do you still maybe do dabble in things? I know you got a new band. Yeah, I've done a ton of bands since then. <laughs> so, um, but but just like pieces here and there. So like On Moss was with Steve from Further Seems Forever and Eric from City of Ships and my friend TJ. Then that turned into the Eastern Wave. Then I played yeah. with, um, that. then I started Isia, which I'm still doing now. Um, but it was kind of just a recording project. And I, I, I've also played with, I was in a band for about a year called Liquid Limbs out of Gainesville. Um, I was playing baritone guitar with them. Really cool band. Uh, it's kind of like, kind of like big business, uh, like, like uh, noise rock kind of yeah. stuff. Um, really, really cool band. Um, I, I, I can say that because I wasn't an original member. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I played with Dredger, which was like a, or is a hardcore band here in St. Augustine that is still playing. They don't play as much now, but 
I was playing drums for them, which is kind of funny because I'm That's not cool. a drummer. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch, I'd like to see that. <laughs> it was just me just trying to go as crazy as I could for 30 seconds at a time. So hey, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. You're multi-instrumentalist. I just, I had to try them all, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Sweet. Well, so you're playing shows with your, your new project and um, what all, I mean, you got a record coming out or anything like that? Yeah, I'm working on a record. I don't have a title for it yet. It's um, it's uh, hypnosis themed industrial, I guess you could say. It's awesome. The, the, the stuff, the, the project over the years has evolved several times, but kind of like the base concept behind it is that I'm just throwing everything at the wall that every crazy idea I have and hey, why not? You know, trying to push push it as hard as I can in a weird in a in a weird direction. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool though. I kind of like combining the 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 darkness with the weirdness, you know? And yeah, yeah. That's um, you know, I kind of wanted it to be a little grindy at first, but the newer stuff it still it has some of that, but it's it's uh I, I just played a show with the Darling Fire in Orlando. It's my first show since the pandemic, and I've kind of got a whole new thing going with it. And they gave me some huge compliments. The bass player said that it sounds like Kraftwerk meets uh, Big Black. Oh, what a compliment! Like, yeah, that's that. I do think kind of like represents the vibe of what I think the next record is. So that's awesome. That's, well, yeah. um, where can people find your uh, music? Yeah, um, so uh, a Bandcamp, it, you know, Isya, I-S-Y-A dot Bandcamp.com. And then um, I'm also on Spotify and all the streaming services. I have a, the most recent thing I released was a, was like a compilation album just of like my favorite songs that I've done over the years. Um, uh, and I call it Greatest Hits because it's totally just mostly that. super unlistenable music. So <laughs> very much inspired, you know, Definitely, like a lot of it was inspired by the Flying Lutenbachers and the Locust and Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum and that's awesome. All the all you know, fast hardcore and stuff. So um, that's that's out there on all the streaming platforms. Awesome, very very cool, man. Awesome. Well, I don't want this to end, but I don't have much more time. Maybe we can do a part two Heck in the yeah, future. Man. Anytime, dude. Anytime. It's so to. good to talk to you. It's been a while, and hopefully, I get to see you soon. Yeah, you maybe, too, maybe Sunday yeah yeah see you then That's awesome cool man i'll talk to you soon dude all right see you thanks jake Bye. thanks so much for joining me on this first episode and thanks so much to jake it was so awesome to catch up and talk shop the who's to say podcast has a ton of guests lined up for the future i'm really looking forward to the conversations and the hang time so stay tuned the links mentioned in the episode will be located in the show notes with that said, who's to say?